Right, fantastic. Good afternoon, everybody, those of you in the UK, uh, those of you internationally, good morning, wherever you are. Uh, lovely to see you all. Thank you for joining us on today's LinkedIn Live. Um, as many of you know, um, we do these LinkedIn Lives on a regular basis. Uh, gives us a chance to talk about some uh, particularly pertinent subjects that are uh, impacting the recruitment world right now, whether it be recruitment leaders, recruitment businesses, recruiters, um, or any of the operational staff that support that. My name is James Osborne. Um, I'm a non-exec director and advisor to the recruitment sector and co-founder of the Recruitment Network. Today's LinkedIn Live, uh, we're talking about marketing, we're talking about Google, we're talking about Yahoo, we're talking about email policies, all the things that are happening right now in the world of marketing, um, the changes that are going on and, and so on and so forth, and things that recruiters, recruitment organizations really need to be on top of, stroke aware of in the new year, in, in 2024. Uh, joining me today, I'm not an expert on this. Um, I like marketing, but I'm not, I'm not an expert on it. But we do have experts that we hang out with, fortunately. So joining me today, we've got Adam Oldfield, um, who's the CEO of Force24, one of the TRN uh, gold partners. Um, just for those of you not familiar with Force24, um, certainly want to make sure you've got the link to Adam's bio and details and, and the company link. Um, but they are the UK's fastest growing marketing automation platform. Uh, big focus on meaningful email marketing, SMS marketing, and, and, and much more beyond that. So, um, Adam, really great to join you. Thanks so much for coming on today. How are you? You well? Thank you very much, James. Yeah, very good indeed. Yeah, suffering from the, the same bout of COVID that I think everybody's had over Christmas, but fighting fear yeah. now. Fighting fit. Well, you're looking. You're looking great. So that's the main oh, thing. So we, we, we'll that. get away with it. Let, let, let's get cracking, and we're, we're going to move on. And by the way, if anyone's listening to this live, obviously, please feel free to add any questions into the comments and uh, any questions you might have for Adam or myself, for that matter. Uh, and we'll try and get through to those in the next sort of 25 minutes or so. So um, I suppose let's start the sort the ball off a little bit. Um, 2023 would be. Well, there's lots of words to describe 2023, I think. I mean, in many, I've heard all of them, I think, just about in the last couple of weeks. But 2023 was quite an extraordinary year, quite a year of change, I think it'd be fair to say. Um, that's not only for recruitment itself, per se, but also the world of marketing, I think, and recruitment marketing in particular. So, Adam, give, give me your sort of overview of um, what, you, what changes have you seen are seeing in the world of recruitment marketing at the moment? Yeah, so really interesting point. And, and I, what I do is I categorize this really simply. I call it the bar of competency, James. And, and what I say the bar of competency is, you know, imagine, imagine you're a recruiter, right? And you, you speak French and only French and you make a load of cold calls to English people speaking French. You're going to get no, nothing. You know, you, the, the, it's pointless even doing the activity. And so that says that there's a bar in which a minimum bar of your competency at which you can start to do deals. Then that, that recruiter learns a bit of English and occasionally they'll get one deal. And in 2023, especially sort of May, June 2023, maybe a little bit earlier in certain industries, that bar lifted. And that came from financial pressures that meant that our messages had to realign to a new landscape. So we were talking different we had to talk differently we had to adapt really really quickly and it meant that people were still spending but it was harder to convince them that you were the right supplier you were the right provider you were the right partner now was the right time whatever it might be so everybody that that sort of bar of competency shifted upwards and people were still operating down here and not winning business and occasionally they'd step ahead of that bar of competency. so so what we've seen is it's this all about the alignment to the challenge and this talks to really understanding your customers, really understanding who you're talking to and the pain that they're experiencing today and how you're going to help them. You can't do that through uploading, uh, you know, a batch of 
hundred thousand email addresses to a, a you know a Mailchimp of this world and hit and send on an email anymore. It's just not you know that doesn't work. So mm. um, it's it's difficult. Okay, a couple of questions with that because I'm 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 really fascinated by what's going on in the recruitment sector and how recruiters are adapting to this market and everything else. The um, two questions I'm going to pose to you, and one I imagine is a slightly prickly one, but um, do you, is there a risk? Do you think that recruiters have gone too far down the marketing routes and basically are, are almost becoming lazy from a business development point of view? Going actually, if I just do marketing, load up a load of sequencing, shove it all out there. It will do all my BD work for me and I can just get on with doing something else. Or um, do you think recruiters are getting the concept that marketing and BD are one of the same things that work together and collaborate together? Um, that's my, let's, let's go with that first question. Okay. Well, firstly, uh, I call it demand generation. Okay. Yeah. And, and, and sort of outside this sector, that's what the world would call it. And demand gen goes from marketing through to the top layer of sales. Yeah. Yeah. You know, somebody making outbound calls doesn't go beyond that so demand gen for me is not necessarily about um uh you know necessarily just automating the hell out of everything it's it's more about giving yourself the free time and space in your marketing day to be able to find the messages that work for the personas so automation for me is a route to liberate the human to be able to empathize with the recipients and actually be able to connect with them on a one-to-one -one basis. So the automation is, so, so yeah, I do. I, you know, I, I think I always, whenever I give examples, I was, it's easier to give examples of e-commerce because people understand e-commerce. And, you know, years ago, there was a, you know, every e-commerce retailer wanted to be Amazon, you know, with that whole algorithm that said, oh, you looked at chainsaws, therefore you should probably like to buy these masks and, you know, these gloves and this duct tape, something like that, you know, and they wanted to be able to automate the crap out of everything. So they didn't have to think anymore. Mm -hmm. Then they realized, ah, actually, the way the world works is you've got different types of people. And the fact that you looked at chainsaws, duct tape, zip ties, and all of those things says you're that kind of person. And it's more effective that my automation is just putting you into segments of interest for me as a human to start going and saying, people that like murdering people, like I've got to, it's taken a really dark turn this. It has a little bit, I must admit, but let's go with it. People that like doing that sort of thing also like doing this. So it's liberated the human to look at what's going on and put their input in. So demand gen as one, have they become too lazy? Your point was, have they become too lazy? I'm not seeing that yet, but mm. we think that there's a silver bullet there that just automates everything. And I just have a machine that's putting leads to the door. No, that's not happening. And anybody yeah. thinks- Well, that's well I, yeah. I agree. And, and it's interesting. So, so I had this conversation with a bunch of recruitment leaders last week and we got our phones out and we go, how many unread emails have you got on your inbox number? And mine's absolutely shot up in the last two to three months of unread emails. That ones I'm not going to respond to. I don't need to because they're all. I'm in some some automated sequencing thing that's going on. So you know that, that's that's where I get concerned because all this automation that's out there is making the world a really noisy place now, even noisier mm. than it's ever been before. How yeah. did, how does a recruiter cut through the noise, the clutter, the the, the the sort of all that sort of noise that's out there that gets in the way of us being actually able to stand out and go? Actually, we actually are bloody good. You do want to have a conversation with us. 
So, so here's the thing, right, James? So, so one of the things that we're going to talk about today is is Yahoo and Google's change. So, so they agree with what you're saying, by the way, and so do I. It says that the inbox is too noisy. That we're treating email as just a, you know, it's it's a broadcast method. And and the point is, every lazy marketeer out there that overburdens that channel means it's less effective for all of us. And so the guys that own those channels, Microsoft, Google. They believe that actually, as marketeers, we should be leveraging their paid channels more and have released and opened up a whole suite of new endpoints that mean I can be more targeted, which I'll talk to you about in a moment. And they've started to turn the screws on the quality of messages that you, you output that they will consider reasonable for delivery. So, so what's happening is we're, we're seeing this squeeze. We're seeing that the, 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 the large enterprise... Uh, the search engines and the mail processors, the Microsofts, the Googles of this world have opened up a suite of endpoints so that we can target more effectively. And then they've started to turn the screws to say, look, stop abusing our mail server system. And mm -hmm. if you do, this is what's going to happen, which is one of the things that we wanted to talk about today, uh, James, which is the Google uh, and Yahoo update that's, that's pending uh, in, in just a couple of days' time. Okay, well, let's talk about that. So, so what what is going on? What what are they? What what is that update going to be? Yeah, so so again, it's the first move of many. And and in the old days of search engine optimization, they used to do this. They had the Panda update and they had the this update, and it basically it was just them iterating and improving their algorithms for mail processing. And so this is the first time in probably the last ten years that they've made a significant change to the way that the mail processing is is being done. And what they're doing is they're putting a much greater onus on uh, authentication and quality. And, and so what that does is it's saying if you're going to send an email into the Microsoft, sorry, into the Google network or the Yahoo network, it has to be a fully authenticated mail. Now, if you're not sure about what mail authentication is, then that's not something necessarily that's exciting for this chat. But it's something you need to go onto our website. There's a blog, the, foot, the top blog. Uh, force24.co.uk learning i think it's the top blog which is about this and it tells you a little bit about these things we'll, we'll, we'll put a link out to that right <laughs> brilliant easier yeah um so it's saying that firstly if you are going to send an email one of the things that i need to be able to do is absolutely differentiate you from the bad actors and so how do i do that i do that through authentication and that authentication is long-standing it's been around for ages but they're just saying now it's not, it's not an option anymore. It's now that is the way that it has to be done. And the next thing that they're doing it on is doing basing it on reputation. So reputation is, has always been sort of self-policed up until recently. So by that, what I mean is if you're doing a really, really bad job, you end up in the spam filter, right? Mm -hmm. and, that, and that's just the way it's been. It's been sort of self-fulfilling prophecy. If I, if I do a really bad job, I end up in the spam folder and you know I don't get out of it. Whereas now they're saying, well, actually, if you receive a complaint rate greater than 0.3, which let's let's put this into perspective. Um, no, it's is it three people in uh, a thousand emails? James, are you still there? I'm here. Yeah, yeah. yeah sorry, I thought my, my video, you, you, my video of you has, has gone. So if three people in a thousand emails mark you as spam, Google are saying they're going to block you, your entire organization. For delivering emails into that those uh, the Google network, hmm. 
I am here, by the way. I have I have frozen. I'm that I'm that focused. I have frozen on the screen. It's live, but I'm definitely still here. Don't worry. You scared the crap out of me there, James. I'm, I'm <laughs> still there. Um, so so let's just put that into context, right? So so I'm I'm a I'm a proactive recruiter, and I'm out there, and I'm and I'm sending out emails, and I don't know when I'm sending them whether they're going to Google and Yahoo or BT or Microsoft. I don't know because it's just an email. It's just an inbox. So I send them my emails. And what happens is, you know, three people out of that thousand mark it as a, as a spam. All of a sudden, nobody in my organization can deliver emails to Google anymore. Hmm. Oh, my goodness me. You know, all of a sudden, your mates that are using Gmail, they're not receiving your emails anymore because somebody did that. Um, so they're really turning the thumbscrews on saying, look, you've got to use our, our, our mail servers effectively. And now there's lots of information out there, and the the, the link on our website, um, that James, you can put in the chat, will will give a little bit more reassurance around this. So it's not quite Armageddon, um, yeah. but it is definitely something that that people do need to pay attention to. So it's it's really important. But but when when we look at why, we can all sympathise with what exactly what you said a moment ago, James, which was, you know, I've got twenty three thousand unread messages in my email. It's because all the really great businesses out there with really great marketeers out there are still not doing enough to really segment and drive messaging that makes a difference to me and that I want to open it and that I do engage with it. So we are the problem, you know, not, not just us, Force 24, you guys on listening on the call, we're the, you know, we've got marketing departments that are sending out emails that aren't targeted enough. And so Google and Microsoft and these guys are saying, look, let's move our attention to paid advertising. We're going to expand our reach of, of targeting endpoints. That means that, you know, Adam, you can reach him on our network. So you don't have to send him an email. You can pay to show him an advert. Of course, they want you to pay money to see adverts. So, so uh, that's, that's very much the direction. I feel like I, I'm the only one flying the flag right now. Is that, is that, <laughs> I'm the, the head of this headless ship. Um, or, or maybe I'm the only one that isn't here. Um, no, you're all good. We're just waiting for James to come back, but otherwise, I know. Oh, yeah, here he is. So, amazing. So. <laughs> um, I hope I, right. I hope I'm not I hope I'm not um, wittering too much, James. You're is not that... you're not wittering at all. Can you hear me? Okay. Yes. Yes. Welcome to the world of modern technology. I, for some reason, my camera has decided to give up on me, but it, at least I wasn't frozen in, a, in an embarrassing position. That would have been even worse, I think. So. It would. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, fine. Okay, so 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 what what should marketeers, what should recruiters be doing differently now moving forward to try and ensure that we don't get into this situation, into this email Armageddon as you sort of half. Yeah, good idea. Well, well, so the first the first thing that I think that, that is absolutely essential is we've got to get an audit done of all of our email comms. Yeah, so we've got to audit anybody that can send an email from throughout uh, from from our domain. Um, we absolutely need to be able to audit that we've got the correct DKIMs, SPFs, DMARCs. And again, you probably don't know what they are, but that's our job. That's what we do for the world. Um, so, so you need to have that audit. You need to be sure that you're doing everything in the right way. The second thing that you've got to do is we've got to start to, to, to limit the impact of um, the volume that the consultants themselves can create. So is it okay that a consultant ring fences 5,000 candidates and sends them an email from your brand written in, uh, you know, pidgin English and hit send? Is that okay? Mm -hmm. No, 
it isn't. I think it's op- it's appropriate for 10, 20 people or something like that. So we've got to really limit and control the impact that those guys have got. And then what we've got to do from a marketing point department point of view, where we're owning the volume of those communications and those conversations, we've got to make sure that what we're doing is aligned to what I said at the beginning, to what the people are interested in. You know, it's so many times at the start, this time of the year, you know what every recruiter out there is doing. It's let's do our salary survey 2024. And what Mm. do they do? They take their salary survey of 2019, dust it down, change a few of the words and put it out as the 2024 version. You know, that's not what Netflix does. That's not what you as a consumer demand from the brands that you align with. You, you, You want them to be, no, put some bloody money into it, put some effort into it and, do something I'm going to be really excited about listening to. There you go. Agree. T- t- totally agree. Again, I am here definitely. I just I'm just incognito for some reason. So there you go. Ma- imagine you got this Brad Pitt looking figure just sitting next to you, chatting away, sort of stuff. So the um okay so okay fine. So so, so that, that makes a lot of sense. So if we're going to kickstart this process, and we, when we talk about sort of understanding their customers' pain points, I presume that's a bit around the avatar building. So making sure we you know the personas mm-hmm. and what they're like, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Mm-hmm. How much time should we be spending on this? Because there is a potential risk, right? That you could end up spending hours and hours and hours doing all this data and research analysis. And actually, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's actually an, almost not an excuse, but it's something getting in the way of actually just picking up the phone and doing BD and sales totally activity. Agree. Totally agree. So firstly, firstly, you know, here's, here's the other big thing, right? So, um, you know, as a recruitment business owner, you are not a recruiter. You might be a recruiter. But you have obligations other than that. You need to build agency infrastructure. And that agency infrastructure is a marketing function. And that's different to what the, the what the actual recruiters out there are, are doing. You know, those guys are hitting the phone, sending the emails, that's fine. But you need an agency infrastructure around you that's going to help build your brand. Now, so what, what you're saying there is my view of the world is, right, there if assuming you've reached a size of critical mass, which is about five consultants, you need a marketing function, be it part-time, be it full-time, whatever your business can can afford. And that marketing function should be focusing, in my opinion, 70% of their time on content, 15% of their time on execution of messaging, and 15% of their time on reporting and, and insight. So if you think about that, it's saying that the most important thing that your business has to do is embrace its obligation to entertain its customers and prospects. By entertain, I mean, tell them new stuff they didn't know, help them improve their day, drive value into their inbox. That's what our job is today. It's not just sending out, um, there you go, recommendations for annual database GDPR emails. I'm bored. Don't send me that email because that's just sitting in my my inbox as, as an unopened email. You've got to connect mm. to what I'm going to be interested in and you've got to deliver it. And that comes from time, effort and and, and attention. So sorry for <laughs> picking no, that no, no, no. comment. Whoever sent it, apologize. Really do apologize. No, no. Well, that's fine. And, and there was a couple of questions that have come through, one of which is basically if you send an email that automatically goes into spam, does that count as one of the three that is? Yeah, of course it does. It does. Oh, no, no, sorry. No, 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 no. no. Uh, so if you land in the spam folder, that's the graveyard. Yeah, that's that's terrible. That's horrible news. But you're not hurting anybody. You're just hurting yourself by wasting money. Mm. A spam complaint is a thousand people out there. There is a spam complaint and they come in lots of different guises and different you know, iPhones and different. If you mark, if you if you hit the button that says this is spam, 
three people in a thousand, that's enough. Somebody I did see, they said, when does this come into effect? Yahoo has already done it. So this started at the beginning of the, the, the year. Um, Google is the first of Feb. So Google represents 42 or 43% of all email inboxes on the planet. Mm. So it's big. Microsoft is the other sort of 40, 45%. And they are very closely watching because, you know, actually they've been doing a lot of this stuff before. They've been, they've been, so what, but not come out publicly and said, by the way, this is the algorithm. This is how it's going to work. But that's Google's vibe. That's how they do things. They, they sort of give you that bit of insight. Have you, have you gone again, James? Are you just looking intently at me? Those smoldering eyes. Yeah, he's gone again. Or, or again, is it me that's gone and nobody else? Nope, all good. James it's will come back in a second. <laughs> um, yes, there was, here is another question though. So go for it. Good. How long will you be blocked for for sending emails once you've had three spam reports? Yeah, again, this is actually one of the things that nobody knows at the moment. It, the first thing is like, um, so when you do get blocked uh, by Microsoft, by Google, by whatever, you physically have to request that you are unblocked and give a justification. Now, I, you know, I don't know many people out there that would know how to do that. Um, obviously we, you know, we do, we have that. And, and so one of the things that I think, you know, years ago, uh, Google really forced that relationship to say, you need an SEO consultant in your business because you just don't know how to work with our algorithm. So the SEO industry grew. Now this is the same for, for email. So we employ email deliverability experts that if you end up on a block list, here's what happens. They put in a request, how, I don't know, but they put in a request. And that request is then considered and they know how to ask that request, handle that request, et cetera, et cetera. Now, if you do nothing and you're blocked, it's just a matter of time. I don't know. It might be a week, might be a month, might be a year. I don't know. Really don't know. It's until your reputation recovers, I guess. I don't know. But nobody knows yet because it, it's not happened. So it's it's just a, a thing for consideration. Um uh, what's your advice on newsletters? Again, three spam clients is fairly easy. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, great question. Great question. My view is that um, we on social media are a little bit more punchy and a little bit more bothered about whether it's going to be a worth. Well, we don't do boring stuff on social media. I see a lot of recruiters, LinkedIn pages, Twitters or X. Uh, or Facebook page, whatever it is. And I see they put energy and creativity into the wording, but then I see a newsletter on an email. It's almost like the two are disjointed. They're not, they're the same thing. So one of the things that I say about newsletters is if I am consuming news and storing it all up to send in one go at a random day of the month, that's not how I operate on social media. And in fact, what I would rather that marketeers were doing personally is actually segmenting more which should be automated. So it's not a time pressure. So understanding who was going to be interested in what, then sending much smaller snippets of news more frequently. And I know that sounds like it's counterproductive, but the more I use a database, the more I can understand the likelihood of the user's engagements. It's more damaging and more scary to send one email every six months. You know, you've no idea what's going to happen. Whereas if I'm using that data regularly and I'm analyzing what's happening and I'm aggressively taking people out that aren't showing signs of engagement, 
that's better. Um, is this seems to border on censorship? No, not really. I mean, it's, if anything, it's it's saying that um, you know, really, we've got to focus on saying what people want to hear about, talking about what people want to hear about, and and it's not okay. As I said before, the example that I gave was for recruiters to believe that the content doesn't matter. The content does matter. What you're saying is critical. Here he is. He's back. <laughs> the content's critical, and it's the bit that matters. I was listening to everything you said, but I've got, I've got it alive over here, so I can actually hear everything. I just can't be in it for some reason. So ah. I've gone to my phone. My computer's obviously rebooting itself. So, um, yeah. okay, let, 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 let's talk about the new year. Let's talk about moving yeah. forward, about what's going on. Give me some practical things that marketers should be looking at if we were to set our New Year's resolutions for 2024. A little bit late now, but we're going to do it anyway. You know, what, what should we be thinking about? What should we be doing? Yeah, so so firstly, I think it's it's <laughs> you got to take this with a pinch of salt, okay? Um, sorry, I'm there's drilling going <laughs> on in the house. So is that perfect timing or what? Um, you got to take this with a pinch of salt because um, I'm saying to people today, I don't care about the 20, 30, 40, 50,000 contacts you've got in your candidate base today. I would rather that we were focusing more effectively today on those contacts that are coming in right now. So those that are filling in forms, those that the consultants are speaking to today, all of this is being serviced and we're massaging these guys more effectively today. And once we've got that box ticked and we're saying that, you know, James has just come into our world, he's just applied for a job, he's just done whatever, or he's a new, he's a new client potentially, let's make sure that he gets a grade A, top class, first class, uh, experience of our brand knows exactly what we're about and that's more important so i say today 2024 2023 the world of a the, the, the year of ai great 2024 has to be the world of focus and concentration focus on people focus on doing great work great things really on a smaller scale and really doing a great job to them it's not batch and blast it's not automate the crap out of everything it's Sounds like, you know, as a guy that, that sells an automation product, that I'm saying something that doesn't fit with what we do, but it actually, it's mm. what we do, you know? Yeah. Okay, fantastic. And I love the fact that Mikey Peter's not working. You've got drilling going on in the background. We're still blagging this one, pulling it off, but you'd absolutely see both. There's a, um, there, there's a few questions in the, in, the, in the chat, and hopefully you can see those, Adam. So I don't know how many of those you've had a chance to um, respond to. Lauren talks about how do we get, consultants bought in i suppose and how to explain the importance of these changes to consultants to get them convinced by it um what are your thoughts on that yeah really interesting one so so uh, so here's the thing with marketing and in, in, in so consultants are are they are the engine house of our organizations right these these are the guys that make it happen they they are so important so we have to embrace our obligation to prove our own value to them first of all so if we have a view that that marketing has got a really big part to play in driving an improved performance for those guys i have to prove it and i prove it by looking at what people on a smaller scale how i can support them and help them with things that they want to do saying to them they can't do something or changing the rules or whatever never goes down well so my view is how do i how do i show the importance i take control and i show them the value of doing it properly i know that is like a, such a, an ethereal response but i think it's uh, embrace that mm -hmm. that concept and, and and figure out what the steps to achieve it are probably the the, the right thing to do 
Okay, brilliant. And one last question. I think it's a really important question because one of the things I really dislike is LinkedIn emails. I just can't get my head into it. I find I'm just spammed all the time with them. Do you think yeah. that people are going to be more inclined now to use LinkedIn emails more than probably we had done before? Because of some if, of they like waste, if they like wasting their time, yeah, they'll use them. I mean, you know what it's like. <laughs> you, you, you know, It's a simple fact. It doesn't mean it's going to get any better or anywhere. If people are going to use it more, that's fine. They'll just waste more of their time. That's fine. It's still mm -hmm. not addressing the underlying challenge say something that matters to me and yeah. that, that's that's what matters you know and i'll engage with it and you look back classic every time i do a, a talk for you guys or or any business in any sector i always say how many of you can remember one of the 150 emails you received yesterday how many of you can remember one of them and then the occasional person will say yeah i remember one Okay, what was it? Oh, it was Halfords telling me that my car needed a new MOT. I'm like, brilliant. What a great example of an email. Fantastic. Or it was Boots telling me that they've got a double points offer on. Brilliant. You know, and, and so when we first thing to note about that is everybody's brain reduces what was said on that email to just a few words. But the second thing is they only remember the ones that drove value. The others were just just noise that went off into the wind mm, interesting very good listen i'm, I'm conscious of time we, we yeah. keep these 30 minutes these linkedin lives apologies to everyone listening if there's been a few technical issues and a couple of drills but um we are humans and his life is life but uh, the, the great thing about adam he's not opinionated at all about any of this sort of stuff he's very very open about his thoughts but actually there's some real meaning and value that sits behind this and i think it's really useful to understand actually what is working what's not working there are big changes coming up there are the things you've got to get on top of you've got to be aware of um, i would highly recommend having a look at some of the uh, blogs that adam's written some of the content they guys have got i'll certainly recommend reaching out to these guys having a chat with adam and his team about what you're doing and what you're not doing potentially as well but if we are going to spend a lot of time a lot of onus a lot of impetus on using marketing as part of our sales process let's damn well make sure that it's good enough and, and fit for purpose otherwise it's doing the opposite effect it's probably damaging your brand more than anything else um adam final yeah. thoughts from you keep focusing on on being focused <laughs> concentration and focus that's keep that focused. is 2024 fantastic excellent lovely to see you all thanks for joining us today adam great to see you as always we'll catch up very soon thanks everyone bye-bye